0: Listening to the One Lord, One Hope, One Faith podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode whatever this is. Yeah, not really sure about that one. It's just an episode. Yeah. You know, we are super excited to be welcoming our first guest to the podcast, Miss Jamie. She's a missionary to Uganda and a huge spiritual mentor and encouragement of Callan and I. Today, we'll be chatting with her about being a missionary in Uganda. So, yeah. we're super excited. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I feel so honored to be the first guest.
0: Yeah. I was like, yeah, Daddy, you don't count because you're the, you're the tech guy and the, <laughs> you're the fill-in host. You don't count. <laughs> uh, it's so many people's favorite episode now and I'm like, oh, buddy. Oh, the dad so joke bad. one is the best. Yeah. Do you have a fun dad joke? Because apparently now we have a dad joke like every episode because why not? It's fantastic. Mm, so bad okay cool beans so um miss jamie everybody this is miss jamie Haddon. we didn't actually introduce her i don't think Uh, we said miss jamie i mean okay regardless um um okay so would you give us like a short testimony um of your life and then how you ended up in uganda yeah so i grew up
1: in a christian home um And when I was about five years old, we had some guest speakers at my church in Georgia and um, they had like a children's program. And so um, I went to that children's program and the lady was speaking about sin and hell. And as a five year old, I was dramatically convicted of my sin. I was like, I'm an angry person and. A fearful person and just prideful. And I knew that even as a child. So I was really convicted. And after the lesson, it was on a Monday night, I uh, stayed afterwards to talk with the lady. And then in the middle of our conversation, my little sister comes into the room and is like, Jamie, we have to leave. And I
0: was like, ah,
1: I can't finish. So we end up leaving and I went home that night and I was just so heavy Um, heavy hearted because I knew that I was a sinner, but I didn't really know what to do about it. Um, The funny thing is, as we were leaving, my sister was like, I didn't actually, we're not actually leaving. I just wanted you to come play with me. Uh Such a little sister thing to do. (laughs) Exactly. But it's really cool how God worked it out because the next night I was like, okay, how about you just stay and talk with me and this lady and uh, maybe you can learn something too. So... Um, she ended up staying with me. We talked with that lady and and asked a lot of questions and she clearly explained the gospel and how to be saved from our sins and the gift of Jesus and his son, or the gift of, of God, his son, Jesus, and how he died to save me from that sin that I was convicted of. And my sister and I both ended up getting saved that night. And that was on the 5th of February in 2005. Um, So I just kind of like after that felt fine, didn't, I mean, like I felt a change. I knew that I was saved, but as a five-year-old, I didn't really know what to do. Yeah. So when I was about 11 years old, I had some older girls at my church who began to invest in me. And that's when my relationship with Jesus became very personal. And so I just started spending time with him alone. And that's when I started reading a lot of books on missionaries And I read a book about a missionary in Uganda.
0: Hmm.
1: And as soon as I read it, I was like, Uganda, I'm going to go there one day. (sighs) I fell in love with the culture and just everything that was said in the book. And so as an 11-year-old, I began praying about moving to Uganda. Originally wanted to be an English teacher. And then over the years, it kind of changed into just being a missionary Hmm. Not necessarily a teacher, so that's kind of how God um, brought me in a in a nutshell, kind of
0: my that's testimony so cool. and how
1: God brought me to Uganda.
0: So, what people group like specifically are you with
1: out there? Yeah, I'm with the Buganda people, uh, which is in the central region. Okay. So there's a lot of different tribes, a lot of different people groups, but. The central region is kind of a mixture of people, but
0: mostly the Buganda tribe. Like, what is the biggest thing, like, difference that you between like, 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 yeah, like culture Uganda and, and America? Culture. I mean, that's probably a hard <laughs> question. <laughs> um,
1: I would say that the biggest difference, like you said, is the culture. The culture is so different, but. Um, one of those things is that Uganda is a relational culture. That would be the technical term. And the United States is a time-conscious culture. And so what I mean by that is that Ugandans are not strict on time or schedules. Hmm. They invest in in people. So if they're visiting with a family member, even if they have an appointment, they're not going to leave um, and rush to that appointment if they're not finished visiting with their family member. Whereas in the States, it's like <laughs> time, time, yeah. time, and you can't miss an appointment. And so that's a huge difference and just like a total switch in lifestyle.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. From I can't imagine going to the States. And being wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. I never thought about like, yeah. It must be like so hard to be like, oh, wait, I don't have to leave yet. Yeah, like I, I want to spend some extra <laughs> time. Well, that's good I can't great you know hmm.
1: wonder it has it has it's it's good things and it's it, also yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and it, it also messes up the culture in a lot of ways there's some negative effects on the culture too on the people
0: yeah like how do they do like like how if you have a business how do they how do they like function it's just and eh, we'll see you about then Hopefully we won't have too many patients. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. It seems difficult. But also... It would be it would be a
1: lot to explain the details of okay. how things run.
0: <laughs> It'd be like a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> uh, we'll be like, and um, anyway. That's like Callan and I all the time we're like, wait, random tangent. Oh, guess we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um so, like, what is the um, the toughest thing about being a missionary there and then the best thing?
1: Hmm. Um, I guess the hardest thing would be the cultural differences, not just the time, but um, just a different way of thinking, different way of living, um, different way of doing ministry than what I grew up with. And so just the dramatic cultural differences is probably the biggest struggle because it feeds into every area of my Mm -hmm. life since I'm in the culture. Um, And I'll never just not be a foreigner. And so that's kind of, you know, no matter how long I'm here, no matter learning the language, learning the culture, I have different color skin. I have a different history. I have a different family, different home culture, um, different experiences and, and just mindset and thinking. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably the biggest struggle is knowing like I'm never really going to fit in. Right. Um, which isn't necessarily like a problem, but it is something that you kind of battle with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say my favorite thing is the, um, relational aspect of the, of, Uganda specifically, um, because as a um, person living in the States, I was always like, oh, I want to do more ministry. I want to serve in the church more, mm-hmm. but I have to have a job and I have to work and make money. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had all these different responsibilities that kind of kept me from serving as much as I wanted to. And now, you know, I'm living my dream of like, I'm not having to, to go to work to make money, but it's all on a relationship basis, mm-hmm. you know? Like, my work is discipling and taking people to lunch or um, just training and teaching in the Bible. And that's, you know, that's what I've dreamed of since I was an 11-year-old. Wow. And began, about, began praying about being here. So that's my favorite part is just the you know, being able to invest so much time in the ministry.
0: Yeah, it's crazy that like something you dreamed about all that time ago is now happening and it's, it's actually so amazing. coming true. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm living the dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is actually not one we um, sent you, but I just thought of this. Um, what does like like a quote like dress code look like for you?
1: Hmm, that's kind of a loaded question, but I can give you some ideas. So, under our under each individual like organization in Uganda, they have different dress codes. Okay, but culturally, um, which I don't know what all I can say on this podcast, but um, things like wearing pants, or mm-hmm. as they say, they use the British English, so they we, we say trousers here, but, <laughs> but um, like women women wearing pants was associated with prostitution uh-huh. for, like throughout all of history okay. in Uganda and most of Africa, actually. Um, and so it was a, like really a disrespect. But in the area that I'm in, it's very um, heavily influenced by the Western world. So wow. I'm kind of in the city, in the central where the airport is, where the capital city is. There's a lot of tourism, a lot of foreigners living here a lot of, um, like foreign students. And so do you enjoy that aspect? I mean, it doesn't really bother me at all. It doesn't change anything that I say or do to people. Um, and just, you know, like the elderly people, especially when I'm around them, it's something that, right. You know, touches them on a personal level because they see that I'm respecting them in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really important in the Ugandan church culture to dress well um, for men and women. And so that's something that, you know, people know that I'm in the ministry. I mean, I'm a white person in Africa, and they know that I'm a missionary here. So if I were to to not dress well, um, to not be informed of what, you know, culturally is, is appropriate, then it right. would kind of show a disrespect for the the work that I came to do gotcha. so a lot of it is just kind of the respect because I can wear basically whatever I want mm-hmm. but that's going to create barriers right in the ministry
0: you know, but it's super interesting um especially like for people who wait, might want to be missionaries like the different things like you don't really think about Hmm. um like what is something you didn't expect or know like before this is kind of related that like people who want to be missionaries should know or like something that you went into it and it kind of yeah, like, like, it was a surprise. Like, oh, uh, okay.
1: Hmm. I mean, I, I have been learning so much every day since moving here. Cause it's, you know, just everything is new. Um, I would probably say that the dress, the the what people wear is what is kind of surprising because you kind of see pictures and you wonder, OK, is that the organization that's making them wear that? Mm-hmm. Is that um, like what what's the reasoning behind that? And then you would I visited a few years ago and we were mostly in the city. And so I saw a lot of like mixture of the dress codes or of what people were wearing. And so that was kind of a surprise to learn like the history of it. And I was like, Oh, it's interesting that, you know, so many people have kind of left that, but then realizing the influence of the Western world of the United States and Europe on uh, Uganda, just as a whole, whether it's, you know, the things that they wear, um, the music that they listen to Mm -hmm. and, you know, teenagers just a few years ago didn't care anything about social media yeah. um, or anything like that. And now it's like, that's, you know, something that they all really want. And it's because they have access to TVs now and they're able to, to see what the rest of the world is doing. So I was kind of surprised at, you know, how easily, I guess just how much, like, the United States influences right. Uganda.
0: Yeah. Um, and... Crazy to think of, like, how and you were how telling much, me, like, like, power and influence we actually do have. And yeah, and don't even, know don't it. even no- notice it. Mm-hmm. I know when we were talking, whenever we talked, I don't actually remember. And you were saying how, <laughs> like, they copy thing, negative things that we do. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. mm, guys, bloody. <laughs> well, Sorry. because what
1: they see is on the TV. And so you can imagine. Yes, you know the, the TV. they have limited TV stations and things that they can access here, and so what they see is the stuff that, that probably for myself and for both of you we're we're not allowed to even watch. Our parents, you know, yeah, thankfully sheltered us from. But that's just you know they think oh America does it it must be fine
0: yeah and so there's no
1: boundaries within that.
0: Um, so what do um language barriers look like for you? Yeah, so in Uganda there's
1: more than 40 languages.
0: Oh and, my goodness.
1: Uh, each, <laughs> each tribe has a different language. Oh. Um, some of them are really similar to each other. Yeah. Um, but one I uh, two things come to mind. And one is because there's so many tribe languages, um, in the church uh, realm, it's difficult for us to be united. Mm-hmm. So we could have a church that's in the northern region that's wanting to to help us in ministry or join us for youth camps or something. But most of their, their students that they would send for youth camp don't know the same tribe language. Right. And if they haven't been wow. in school, they don't know English. So um, I forgot to mention, mention this, but English is the national language of Uganda because mm-hmm. it was colonized by the British. And so that's taught in the schools, but there's a lot of uh, children and teens that are in villages that are not in school. Right. And if they're not in school, they don't know English. So that's kind of a a barrier in uniting with the other churches and working with them. The languages kind of keep us from really, um, I guess, coming together yeah. in a bigger way. So that, and then the second thing is a language is not just words, but it's a culture in and of itself. And so even if they know English or I know their language, like I'm learning Luganda, which mm-hmm. is the, the language in the area that I am. Yeah. Um, I still, I do not think in Luganda. I yeah. still think in English and they still think in their tribe language. And so, you know, even if they're using the English words that I know, sometimes they're meaning something different. And so even the sentence structures are backwards in Luganda um, than they are in, in English. Oh, wow. And so it's even that is, you know, you're having to learn the culture within the, the language and so, so that can be a barrier too, especially with children. Um, yes, I bet they don't know English, yeah, so you you really have to learn you know the person and their family and their culture, and <laughs> not just what that word means yeah so hmm. that's it that would be those would be the two I guess largest barriers that I face. Is that a baby
0: or a goat? <laughs>
1: that's a bird there's like thousands of different species of birds in uganda and they're all over
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay what
1: kind of bird it could be a crescent crane but Hmm. i i don't
0: think it is (laughs) (laughs) not a baby (laughs) not a baby (laughs) or a goat just
1: kidding (laughs) unfortunately we do have goats but they're not
0: very loud I yeah. don't think
1: you would hear them.
0: Um, okay, so pre-corona, what did a typical week look for you, and how has that changed due to corona?
1: <laughs> um, it seems so long ago. I because know, right? It was, right? Like, it uh, was March carefree <laughs> when we stopped. Um, so I was really involved in church and schools. Yeah, And those are still currently closed right now. So very big change for me. Um, But it was kind of like Mondays and Fridays were my office days. So I do accounting for the NGO that I'm working under. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mondays and Fridays were office and language lessons. That's when I would do those. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was in five different schools um, for... I taught English at like a little kindergarten school two days a week. And then um, for a high school, I taught music and Bible. And then a elementary school I taught, which is what we call CRE, which is Christian religion education. So they have to learn a religion in school. And um, so I would teach Christian Religion, but <laughs> it was very um, quick to explain that Christianity is not a religion. Right. Um, so that's kind of like my days. And then um, in between going to schools, I would try and invite someone over for lunch or something. Yeah. Um Or go and visit family. There's um, a lot of visiting on the weekends, like on Saturdays. I taught music class, and then I also played soccer or as they call it here, football with the children on Saturday mornings and then the afternoons taught music class. And then Sundays were teaching Sunday school and then we had church and then youth group in the evenings. Um, So that was kind of what I did. And you said, how has it changed? Yeah. Well, churches are closed and schools are closed. Oh, wow. So I'm really just I'm kind of doing, I'm homeschooling, like, five children that that are, like, my neighbors that live with me. Um, so I'm teaching school, but it's not music and it's not CRE. It's, like,
0: <laughs> all the subjects. Yeah. Which is crazy. a challenge. That's <laughs> amazing, honestly. Um, when you're, like, teaching music, what do you do? Just curious. Like, I don't know. I've never been in a school yeah. that taught music, so... Mm-hmm.
1: That's a really good question because I didn't know what it looked like until I started. <laughs> so I play piano. I don't play any other instrument. I kind of like I know guitar and I know the recorder. If
0: anyone's even familiar with that. And <laughs> shout out to Caroline and her City of Stars <laughs> and recorder. <laughs>
1: Um, but in the schools, they don't each have their own instrument and even they're, they're not going to go home to an instrument usually. Right. So I would really just teach music theory. And then okay. some students wanted to learn guitar, some wanted violin, some, all these different things. And so I kind of just teach music, just the theory, and then show them all right, this is how you apply it to the different instruments. And wow. our church has keyboards and guitars and we even have an accordion, which is super wow. fun. Wow, that sounds That's and so, so I'll, fun. <laughs> I'll bring in different instruments and kind of as I'm teaching the musical um theory, I just kind of show them how to apply it to that instrument. Yeah. Um it's kind of hard because they can't practice really, so yeah. It's, it's just all knowledge right now.
0: What has um, like what has been, how okay so how long have you been in Uganda?
1: So I moved here on the first of May last year, two thousand nineteen. All
0: right, so, so it's been
1: a year and three months.
0: Wow, almost to the day. Yeah, as yeah, as yesterday. Three months and a day. Yep. yeah, as of yesterday. <laughs> so what has, what kind of things, um. Since you've been in Uganda, has God really used to change your life? Like, what has been the most hard-hitting experience from him?
1: Hmm. Ugh, there's been so many things. <laughs> um, I guess just really seeking him as a friend and a father. Um, I haven't. You know, felt like I've been deprived of people or, or healthy relationships or anything since moving here, but leaving, you know, family and really close friends right. when I first came um, and was really, you know, the missionaries had left, youth cancer finished and I was like really alone, you know, I was living alone and then, you know, just doing things alone. And he really um, emphasized his um, his care and his, his love for me in a fatherly way. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being that really close friend that has known me since before time. And so that's something that has stuck with me since the beginning. Like really just understanding that he is my greatest friend, whether I'm, you know, in the States or in Africa. And so um, just recognizing that's who he was before I came, and that's who he is here, has impacted every single of being here. Um, that he's just, he's my greatest friend and he really is a good, good father. And it's hard to explain that, until someone has been away from their father and away from their really close friends. Um, it's hard to explain what that really means to someone who has, you know, been, I guess, taken away from those things.
0: Yeah, um, I know went back for, a f- came back, went back, I don't know, for a few days last fall. I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when you came back, Like, was it weird? What was the, I don't know. Just how was that? (laughs) That makes (laughs) sense.
1: It was, I don't know if weird is the word for it, but (laughs) it could work. Um, It was really hard. I think that was probably the hardest season since being here because it was really sudden that I went back. I only went back for a few days And so the culture, the reverse culture shock was major and definitely not something anyone ever told me about before coming here, um, was not prepared for that going back. And then returning back here was like starting over. And so, you know, I get back and it's like this, the six months before had meant nothing, it seemed. And so that that was like really hard just kind of restarting um in many ways but yeah it was it was good because it was needed time with family um but in many ways I still wonder why God called me to do that I really like I was so confident it was what he wanted me to do but I still kind of am like what was that about (laughs) like why did you bring me through that Cause it was
0: really hard. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, I don't know. It's one of those things, I guess, you can't understand unless you've lived through it. Okay, so just wrapping up, the last few questions. Um, what is one thing that you think us as, like, Americans and, and the American church could um, learn from the Ugandan culture or the Ugandan church in itself? I think that...
1: One thing that they could really um, be better at and, and learn from the Ugandan culture, uh, church culture, I guess, would be to um, to testify more, mm-hmm. to share more testimonies of the little things, just recognizing God in everything, and not just sharing their salvation testimony or sharing, you know, how God helped them overcome a sickness or disease, but, but really just, you know, every week in church, anytime we meet together, actually, we have testimony time and people share, you know, just how they saw God working in their week at work or whether it was traveling or um, just providing food for that day. Um, good sleep, things like that, that you just don't really hear the American church taking time to, um, to really verbalize.
0: Hmm.
1: And so I think it would be beneficial for them to recognize God in all of those little yeah, things. Because it
0: would help us. I think it would help us like really be more grateful seek Him out and, and find him in like the little and things more worship. in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that we could all do more. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and then lastly, as kind of like a closing question, um, what kind of advice or experience would you give to like a beginning missionary or like a young person, um, with missionary aspirations? Like Callan. Callan wants to be a missionary. So what would you say to (laughs) Callan?
1: Um, I would say, which... I feel very inadequate to be giving advice because I'm still like a baby missionary.
0: Yeah. Well, you probably have more experience than anybody who's listening to this podcast. So I mean, all of our five friends.
1: So I guess what I would say is something that a missionary advised me in just a few years ago is to really seek ways to serve God. Now don't, Wait until you're on the mission field. Um, don't wait until you're trying to raise money, but really look for ways to serve. Be active in the local church. Um, serve your family. Really reach out to your family. Um, love them and and preach the gospel to them. Um, so that's just kind of in a practical way of, you know, be be a missionary right where you are. Maybe that sounds a little cliche, but um, truly you're going to need those practical skills on the mission field. You're going to need to know how to cook for large groups and, you know, for one person. And so practice on your family, practice on yourself. You're going to need to learn hospitality. Um, I don't know what culture you're going to go to or anything like that, but those are things that you can practice right now. And then just on a more personal level, I would say, make sure that you are surrendering every part of yourself to God. And by that, I mean your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, um, just your spiritual life, your physical body. Chances are you're going to go to a place that has a lot more diseases than you're used to. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: You're going to have to deal with health problems that you're not used to. Surrender your body. You know, present your body a living sacrifice. Um. One thing that I've neglected a lot, and I'm trying to work on even now, is my emotions and just um, allowing God to control them now. Before you go. Yeah. Because moving to a different place different culture you know however far it is is going to be emotionally challenging and if you don't have um I guess a a healthy control over your emotions and they're gonna have an unhealthy control over you so that's what I would say
0: that's amazing thank you (laughs) so much yes that um just thinking about especially like the like your emotions I feel like we either are like, it's all about emotion or your emotions don't matter. Surrender. Like mm-hmm. as long as your actions are surrendered to God, it doesn't matter. But like realizing like it's all got to be there. Like it's all Jesus is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, um, exactly. But thank you for that great advice. We are going to do the random round. Oh, yes. Let me hey, we've never had coffee. a guest for the random round either. Random round. All right. So Miss Jamie, we have this thing on here called the random round, right? And so mm-hmm. it's one would you rather question and then one, like random, random question. question. And today you get to answer both of them. Yay! Uh, <laughs> if somebody was making a movie and it was Miss Jamie goes to Uganda, who would play you?
1: Does I don't have to it be like... like a like a famous person.
0: Sure, I, mean, I don't or not or not it, whatever. It doesn't. I don't really know. <laughs>
1: I would have to say, I don't think you all know her, but uh, my, one of my lifelong friends, Elizabeth Price, um, she's worked at camp some, but not recently. Anyways, <laughs> she's lived with me in Uganda for uh, like about a month. And
0: I think she could, I think she could live my life. She could do you. <laughs> she could be <do> you. <laughs> oh. Okay. What about you, Callan? Oh. Oh gosh, I have no idea. Um,
1: Is this question about Callan goes to Uganda or just her life? (laughs) This is Callan's life. Right
0: now, her life. Okay. Um, Everybody goes to Uganda. Who plays you? I have no idea. (laughs) I would think okay. If it was like somebody who knew me really well and could like be me, I think it'd be Callan. Callan just be a lot quieter, yeah. a lot less. Just well, I can out yell there. some. If you you want can yell to- some. <laughs> yeah, you can yell <laughs> some. But like I don't know, like a famous actress. We did this once, and I was like, uh, I don't know, Bonnie Wright from Harry Potter. Cause why not? I, she looks kind like I, me. You guys. I literally have no idea. Okay, so you can pick for me because um, I don't know who do we say for you though? I don't you remember. Remember. Is like Emma Stone? <laughs> They're so random. What country do you most want to travel to? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting question. Oh, maybe See, outside always, of Uganda. Yeah,
1: I've actually always wanted to... Oh, I can't decide. I would love to go to the Holy Lands or like yeah. anywhere biblical. So like Egypt or Greece or Israel or I mean, really would love any of those places I've kind of always wanted to go to Greece though because it looks so beautiful
0: and but everything yeah, would be Greek just to the you. history might be confusing exactly <laughs> there's your dad joke for this episode guys <laughs> anyway <laughs> um yeah I I can't decide I love to go to Israel but also yes. I'd like to go like France yeah. or Italy I want to like go, Rome I want to Rome would be so much fun Italy I want to go on a Central American. Mission trip. I want to go. I just want to go all over the world. <laughs> I don't like, care. I just want to travel. Just everywhere. send me somewhere. <laughs> yeah. anywhere and everywhere. I would say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my would you rather is: Would you rather forget how to read or forget how to write? Read. You uh, rather forget, forget how to forget read? Yes. But how, I how do you write if you literally don't know how cannot to read? express myself? I don't know. You write and then you don't know what you're saying. I guess. Uh, I, know. I don't. I literally.
1: I, no I. I um, would. Ra-
0: I love writing. But that is really hard. Writing is how I express myself. It's the best way that I express myself. And if I could write, I would go crazy. Uh, I don't know. Because I, I love to read. To I can always listen to the like, audiobook version of every That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can just do audiobook. <laughs> 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 I love to write, but I also love to read. So I was like, uh. All right, good so good here's good. my would you rather. So would you rather have celebrity parents or celebrity friends? Honestly, neither. Yeah, true. <laughs> because my I mean, parents would be gone all the time, or my friends would be weird. Well, I mean, as long as your friends are nice celebrities, because then Name, they'll let you swim in their like giant mansions. I'd rather have celebrity friends. Because, like, if your parents are celebrities, you're always like, oh, you're so-and-so's kid.
1: Yeah, and then you're like, Well, yeah. that's how it is anyways, all over Georgia for me. Uh, <laughs> you're,
0: you're, you're David Haddon's daughter, aren't you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you know how it is to have a famous parents. Like, yeah. yeah. In Georgia. In Georgia. Not, not worldwide. <laughs> we moved to the place I live in it's a small town. And the school board posted our picture and was like, Welcome to wherever we live. <laughs> uh, which we're not done in English so to then, say. Yeah. And then it was like, Buddy, we're not we're homeschooled, sorry. Uh-huh. They were like, Yes, our numbers are gonna skyrocket. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Same <sighs> so funny. Anyway. All right. That looks like about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's everything. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, so, so much. This has been amazing. Favorite episode yet? Thank you. Uh, you you <laughs> have officially too. beat the dad jokes. <laughs> officially. <laughs> officially. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think you could do it, but, but look at you. I mean, you're just so awesome. You beat the dad jokes. <laughs> All right, we love you so much. Love you. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye, Bye, guys.